longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. And this is from Margaret Mead. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brigitte Gia, and today's theme is the gift activism. And I'm Joven Hundel. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you too can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. Be The Star You Are has launched Operation Disaster Relief. We need your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. Please donate today at bethestarur.org. You can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no additional fees. And in today's segment, we'll be reading a chapter from Cynthia Bryan's upcoming edition to the New York Times best-selling Be The Star You Are book series, Be The Star You Are for Millennials, to be published in 2018. This following chapter is actually one of my own uh, about activism and my own personal story about my activist path by Brigitte Gia. Change comes only with the will of the people, and our actions as individuals contribute to the strength of a collective force that has the power to drive the world in a fresh new direction. When we come together to espouse a universal cause and push it past the obstacles that it faces, we are better able to ensure that the objects of this cause become quintessential components of society. Activism is a necessary element of popular vocalization, and becoming an activist is a key step to be taken towards finding one's own sociopolitical voice. I've always held strong beliefs about the way our world works. I'm ready and willing to fight for causes that embody these beliefs, and during the 2016 election season, I decided to jump right into the fray and work to ensure that my voice would be heard. I entered the political scene as a high school fellow for the San Francisco Democratic Party and continued my work as an intern with U.S. Congressman Ro Khanna's inaugural campaign. The time I spent under these two organizations shaped my political viewpoint into a concrete stance, allowed me to interact with and work alongside some of the most incredibly dedicated individuals I've ever known, and pushed me to really give my all towards sparking a positive change within my community. When I first started working with the campaign, I wasn't quite sure that I had the ability to convince others to support my causes. As an activist, you put yourself and your beliefs out into the world. The people you talk to will form opinions about your cause based on your words and your actions. And the idea that you represent, 
larger overarching concepts that play vital roles in today's society can be rather daunting. But the level of commitment I witnessed from those around me inspired me to really give my all towards fighting for what I believed in. My campaign manager, for example, put every shred of effort he had in him towards getting Ro Khanna elected. He truly believed in Ro's message against government corruption and worked tirelessly to share it with voters in the area. Ro's campaign was built on grassroots efforts, meaning that his campaign would be carried out largely by volunteers, ordinary individuals who supported Ro and the values he fought for. The night before Election Day, I was out canvassing from door to door in Fremont. Daylight savings time hours had just been implemented, and it was so dark that I couldn't see past my own hand. This is it, I thought. Let's go home. It's too dark, and Election Day is tomorrow. What good would knocking on doors do at this point? So I called my manager and asked him whether I should simply head home in the dark. I'll be here until 2 a.m., he told me, because election day is tomorrow and every vote counts. How could I go home then after I'd seen such dedication? I stayed in Fremont and knocked on another 35 doors in the dark, knowing that my manager would be out there for hours after midnight. In the end, Roe was elected to Congress with 61.1% of the vote. The efforts of individuals like my campaign manager had not gone to waste. The intense persistence and drive I had witnessed and experienced during my time with the campaign was nothing short of extraordinary. And real change was brought to the community when Roe replaced a 16-year incumbent representative. My campaign manager fought against government corruption and special interest monetary offers by acting to elect a candidate who refused to take special interest money. And the success that his cause found is a real-life example of activism's effectiveness. The modern world is objectively better than the past in terms of technology and the individual's average standard of living, but there are still many issues that we must fight to solve as a united force. Therefore, it is important that we shed the complacent viewpoint that many carry today and stand up for the causes that we believe in. Grassroots activism is the megaphone that amplifies the voice of the people. Go out there and utilize this megaphone to change the world for the better. You'll be able to meet all sorts of inspiring people, push yourself to the limit, and discover yourself while you're bringing your message to the world. And now for an exercise Brigitte wrote called Take Root. The best way to become an activist is simply to go out there and spread the word. Many people plan to volunteer for a cause for years, but are ultimately never really able to get up and really espouse the cause that they wish to support. You can fight this urge to take a seat in the back and become a bystander by reserving a weekend in the near future to determine what is important to you and find a way to reach out and help this cause succeed in its goals. Start by researching your cause and gaining knowledge about the issues that you wish to help find a solution to. Jot your notes down on a sheet of paper or create a file on your device to keep track of your information. Next, visit your local library or simply search online for programs to join or events to volunteer at in order to help your cause succeed. Write these down as well and make sure to sign up for these opportunities to help out and engage in grassroots activism. Now here's the important part. Make sure you go out and participate. A true difference is only made when people come together and work towards a common goal. So become a part of a positive force and convey your ideas to the world. One way to really motivate yourself to actively espouse a cause is to post a message about your cause in a place that you frequently set your eyes on. Uh, For example, maybe your cell phone screen. You can make it a wallpaper or you can put it on your door. When you go out, you can always see this message. That way, you can prompt yourself to become an activist and reach out to others. Uh, 
And there is a small quote that I came up with that might be helpful in uh, helping you, audience, find your own activist path. I said, the path to impacting society and transforming the system for the better is paved by individual and collective activism. And so (laughs) there is my journey that I wrote down in this chapter of the soon-to-be-published Be the Star You Are for Millennials that is coming out in 2018. And I basically, this entire chapter was, uh, as stated, inspired by my political work uh, in 2016 and especially going into the election. I did a lot of work with U.S. Congressman Ro Khanna, who has gotten elected. Um, it is It was a successful campaign against a 16-year incumbent who had really done nothing for the community, for California's District 17, except rename one post office in his 16 years in the position. Uh, and so <laughs> the, all the members of the campaign were very worked up about this. And the candidate that Ro was going against, um, he or the incumbent that he was going against was rather corrupt. He was taking special interest money and he was actually during the campaign, he was being tried by a bipartisan court in Washington for taking special interest money and for accepting donors uh, or accepting donors money for in exchange for favors. And so Roe was wholeheartedly against this. Uh, he refused to take special interest money throughout his campaign, uh, instead relying on grassroots, uh, on grassroots uh, fundraising and canvassing uh, in the field with volunteers. And Roe himself would actually go out and canvas and go from door to door speaking to all the voters within the district and that I found to be really inspiring and then my campaign manager Sam as well was just this incredible individual he really did the night before election day he went out there I called him it was daylight savings time at 7 a.m. I couldn't see past my hand I couldn't see anything it was all dark and I called him and I said Really? Yeah, it's time to go home. Can I, should I leave? Because it's dark. I can't see anything. I'm on the streets and there's no lighting. Um, I have my cell phone flashlight and that's it. And he said, look, I will be out here till 2 a.m. I'm not going home. I'm not going to go sleep because this is a monumental election. We're working to get Roe into office because he's a new voice of change for this district, for Washington, and we need him in the capital, so we're going to be out here. And that was just, that was incredibly inspiring. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, man, I, I can't go home. I gotta stay here, I gotta stay here. If my campaign manager believes enough in Roe, do this, then wh- how, how am I supposed to go home? I can't, I can't leave, I gotta stay here and work for my beliefs as well, because this guy, Roe Khanna, is indeed incredible. I think he was, he was one, war as well. He said, look, this is not a strong endeavor. This is not something that's going to be beneficial to the United States. And he just worked from 2008. He ran his first campaign, I think. And then it was 2014, another campaign against this incumbent candidate. And 2016 was his year. He stepped up. um, He said, look, this is what I'm here for. I am a grassroots campaigner. I am a grassroots candidate. I don't look into corruption. I'm here for women's rights. I'm here for my community and I'll be here for you. And it was absolutely incredible. (laughs) 
And so, Joven, I, I wanted to know, you know, are there any strong causes that you really believe in, maybe like environment or uh, animal care, anything like that? Yeah, so here in my, uh, I live in a rural rural area, sorry, can't pronounce the word, rural area. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, we're all about agriculture. So one big thing, um, an issue that's been affecting all of us is, you know, GMOs and pesticides oh. and mm-hmm. especially those GMOs. So we're, I mainly working for education. So we have these programs in our schools to get people more educated on what exactly these GMOs are, um, what kind of foods they're consuming that contain these GMOs, and just, um, you know, then spreading that information to others. So then I'm hoping to, you know, also work in that in our upcoming 2018 elections and see where that gets us then. Yeah, that's brilliant. Absolutely. Activism. All right. Uh, that's that's all the time we have for now. Listeners, be sure to support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. For more information on how to do this, go to bethestaryouare.org and follow our blog. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Joven Handel. Be The Star You Are founder and Express Yourself producer Cynthia Bryan has also just authored a brand new book, Growing With the Goddess Gardener. It's now available at www.cynthiabryan.com slash online hyphen store with 25% of proceeds benefiting Be The Star You Are and Express Yourself. And again, head on over to our website at www.bethestaryouare.org during the break. And keep listening to our refreshing discussion on the gift of activism. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Joe Hundel, and you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, which is brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. Today, we're going to be continuing an invigorating conversation about the gift of activism. And I'm Brigitte Gia. Joven's back in this segment with another installment of World Watch. Hi, Joven. Hi again. Now, here on my segment, World Watch, I like to keep you all up to date on what's happening in the world and then how that relates to our theme for today. So when I heard that today's theme would be the gift of activism, I thought that was the perfect topic for one of our first shows of the brand new year. Reflecting back on 2017, uh, we can see activism showing up pretty much everywhere, from political rallies to the Women's March. There really was something for anyone who looked hard enough. 
And that's sure to continue uh, with an election year coming up now in 2018. So this wave of activism has already started to show up in 2018, with Iran currently undergoing protests from its citizens. And if you want to get really technical, you can even point back to the beginning of this decade with the Arab Spring, Occupy Wall Street, and the Tea Party. And then another big-name movement that's happened this decade is Black Lives Matter. And so I guess the point that I'm trying to make here is that it's clear that people the world over are channeling their feelings and opinions into protest movements more and more. And while the movements I've mentioned are all big-scale, I thought I would dedicate this segment then to talking about activism on a more local scale, since that you know, affects each, all of us more and more. So if you live in a smaller area, you, know, you might not exactly see a cause you feel strongly about being represented anywhere right now. Or even you might be facing a bigger problem, in that you might not yet have a cause you feel strongly about. Well, there's a straightforward enough solution for both of these issues. So the biggest threat to any potential movement is ignorance. Now, I know the word ignorance has the connotation of somebody being willfully ignorant, but here I just mean straight up not knowing about something, unwillingly. So the way to start this off then and find a cause that you're interested in, uh, Brigitte talked about it a little in the last segment with an awesome activity. And another thing you, that I think you, everybody should start out with are two things. Number one, you want to read. You, know, you want to read newspapers and read books, read anything about just what's going on in your area, in the world at large, anything. And then you also want to watch or even I guess a better word would be observe. So this could mean just observing local news about things that are going around, or just kind of watching and seeing uh, what are some issues that you might see in your community on a daily basis. So once you've kind of pinpointed a few things, then you want to get to the talking stage. So you want to start talking with other people about this. Maybe they have noticed it as well, and they're seeing the same kind of trends as you are. Or maybe they haven't seen anything yet, but now that you kind of talk to them about it, they're kind of nodding along thinking, oh yeah, I think I might actually know what you're talking about. And then if they have no clue what you're talking about, uh, then you've given them something to look for, and they might start noticing that as well. And then so after that, you know, you might want to go to your local library where you can search up uh, maybe old local newspapers and see, has this been a problem in my community for a long time? And if so, have there been any previous attempts to address this? And then after that, if you think that, wow, this is some, an issue that really deserves my attention and I want to start working towards fixing this problem, then you want to talk to the same people you know that maybe you were already talking to before, uh, you want to spread the word, talk to other people, and then you want to start finding dates of interest. So I talked uh, briefly in the last segment about how living in an agricultural area, you know, a big issue is GMOs or pesticides. So then I would want to look towards maybe the 2018 midterm elections, seeing what my current representative thinks about this issue, seeing what any of his challengers think about this, but then also look on a municipal scale. So are there any propositions or... Um, propositions or any other sort of small ballot decisions relating to this issue. Maybe a certain farming region 
whether or not they're allowed to use any sort of crop that contains genetically modified organisms or anything like that, then that's the point where I need to start looking to find these dates of interest. So not even just the election then, but also maybe any city council meetings that are scheduled to take place and will have this item on there, its agenda. Then once you want, and once you find these dates of interest, and that's where you have to start planning and spreading the word about all this. So you, if you want to um, go to the city council meeting, then you can start planning to bring a small group of people who also feel strongly about this and asking your council members, okay, so what do you think about this, this, and this? And then you want to spread the word even more, whether it's putting up signs in related uh, establishments, maybe near farms, maybe just on the streets, on busy intersections, you can hold up a sign and, you know, new people might see that and also start noticing that issue. Yeah. And then once you all, do, once you do all that, you might actually have a movement uh, starting to form. And then even if you maybe don't have this movement starting to form already and you think, why is this? It's such a great idea. Then that's the point where you want to start talking to people even more and seeing, so what exactly do they think about what you're doing? If they maybe disagree, then you can understand why. And then you might realize, oh, this is something I've overlooked. And yeah, maybe you've got a point here. And then so once you get all that squared away and you have like-minded people who want to help you fix this issue, then something to keep in mind is that this movement won't just be you. That maybe if you've, if you've been the key force in getting this thing off the ground... Uh, you do have to remember then that since this is a movement and not just, you know, one person standing up everywhere and spouting their opinion, uh, other people are going to start taking charge and planning things and spreading the word and becoming more prominent for this movement. And, you know, that's a great thing. That means you've started this movement that is really connecting with people. People are relating to this, um, your problems with this. And, you know, you might actually start seeing some change now, which is a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, what's what's interesting about this procedure that you've described about being an activist and really getting a cause up off the ground is that um, I, I actually personally, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I, as a high school fellow for the Democratic Party um, within the city, I got to sit in on some of the city council meetings or the the specifically the board meetings for the San Francisco Democratic Party. And there was an organization uh, while I was administering the meeting as a fellow um, called Vote 16. And that was a group of teenagers who wanted to get the issue of voting earlier uh, for informed teens onto ballots and into the public eye. And so you had these kids doing exactly what you what you described. They they had found a cause. They wanted to have voice for younger people, for the new generation coming in to policymaking and to legislative measures. and they wanted to bring that out and they wanted to fight for it. And so they were going as teen groups to these San Francisco Democratic Party board meetings and speaking in front of you know, important members of the party and important uh, policymakers uh, in the area. And they were talking about their cause and trying to get their representatives to put their cause on ballots and to espouse it. Um, and so I just thought... You know, that's a perfect example of all of this. It's not just a theory, you know, it's not just yeah, a yeah. step that you're going to outline and then say, oh, you can follow this if you want. It is a reality. And there are teens just like you and me who are doing that right now. And it's absolutely incredible. So Absolutely. 
Yeah, and I think I think that's one thing to keep in mind, audience. Um, if you guys are, you know, hesitant about starting an, a new thing, like, oh, I, I don't want to start being an activist for my cause because maybe it's not actually something that people do, uh, but it very much is. It's actually groups of teens have become a concrete cause and you can see that in you know on university campuses or especially if you look back at history with the 1960s protests 1964 uh, against Vietnam and for peace you saw a lot of that happening with young people on university campuses uh, in colleges and Activism, you know, is not just a theory. It's not just steps. There's concrete examples of people doing exactly what you said, Joven, going out there researching and then bringing it out to their uh, council members, to the representatives and getting it into the public eye, making it a cause that people are able to stand behind and fight for. Yeah. And, you know, it's a great thing then because you might see um, once this uh, younger generation, you know, kind of gets the chance, then the platform to espouse their ideas, then you know, you're going to see kind of like a trickle down effect. I know trickle down politics, maybe not the best <laughs> word there, but a, a triple down effect in that, you know, older generations might start realizing that, hey, those are some good new ideas that we maybe not have thought of. And now we see that that can really cause change. I remember, um, Seeing, you know, at the Women's March last year, there's a sign that I think went viral of this uh, 90-year-old lady with the sign, 90, nasty, and not giving up. And so I just thought that was amazing how, you know, it really does kind of trickle down, whether it's going from old to young, young to old, anything. Uh, these kind of movements are felt by every, the, this movement, the issues that these movements are trying to address, you know, it's felt by everyone. And it's really awesome to see something like that kind of taking root. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's just, especially now with the events as they are and with all of the calamities that are going around and all the chaos that's in the world, in our political system, you know, we have a lot of instability, especially here in the United States uh, and around the world too. We have, you know, Britain, we have the EU, we have everything going on. We need this voice. We need this citizen's voice. And we're seeing it. You gave us great examples uh, in the beginning of your segment with uh, Iran and we're seeing a lot more activism happening and we need it and we're beginning to get it. Um, but then it's also, I feel like a lot of people do get discouraged because of the state of affairs um, in the status quo where a lot of people see, say, or they see what's going on and they say, oh, we can't really do anything um, because the system is against us. But that's not true. Everybody has a voice. Everybody can use it. And if we put it all together and bring up a collective voice, a collective issue that we can espouse, uh, then we will really be able to make a concrete difference in the world today. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Jovan, for your awesome take on activism. And, you know, your world watches are always so researched. There's always so much information. Um, it was a br That's a brilliant structure for anyone who's looking to become an activist uh, in their local community. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Audience, visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. I'm Brigitte Gia. 
And I'm Jovan Hundle. And audience, remember that it's not too late to make a tax-deductible donation for last year. Please visit our charity site at bethestarur.org and stay right here as we continue our discussion on the gift of activism. Show the world your smile Be the star you are If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Brigitte Gia, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this edition of Express Yourself, we are continuing a lively discussion on our theme, the gift of activism. And I'm Joven Hundle. Here with us is veteran Express Yourself lead host and reporter and my older sister, Hannah Hundle. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Joven. Hi, Brigitte. Thank you both for welcoming me to the program today. It's a pleasure to be back. Yeah, we're happy to have you here. And so um, for our theme today of the gift of activism, so, you know, you're a college junior now. Kind of walk us through maybe any sorts of activism you've seen on your college campus or anything like that then. Yeah, well, that's a really interesting question because uh, when I entered as a freshman, um, I took a writing class and one of the my term papers that I wrote was about some activism, some protests that occurred on Harvard's campus and in the surrounding um, in the surrounding Cambridge area. During the Vietnam War, a lot of anti-Vietnam protests occurred. And, you know, those were actually sort of landmark protests in a way because after the protests occurred at Harvard, students at universities all across America started protesting at their schools as well. And um, so that was really interesting for me as a freshman to enter with this understanding of how activism and and community involvement has really shaped students' lives at Harvard. And one way that I specifically have gotten involved um, in, in these activities was actually, I want to say a year and a half ago, when the dining hall workers at Harvard held a protest. Um, they, they essentially, they had a strike. And I think it went on for a couple of weeks. And essentially, they were fighting for better pay and better health care. And so I was involved in some of those demonstrations. And um, I also serve year after year as a mentor for a program called the First Year Urban Program. And it's a pre-orientation program for incoming freshmen at Harvard 
to give them a flavor of community service, um, volunteerism, and activism in the Harvard, Cambridge, and greater Boston area. And that's a program that I actually did when I entered Harvard, too. So I think I've certainly um, grounded myself more in activism since going away to college, um, picking up you know, new readings and, and reading more deeply into the literature and finding topics I'm really passionate about, and then also finding myself surrounded by this community of student activists with whom I can collaborate and, and work to achieve these ends. So I'm really grateful for the exposure that I've had to activism in college, and I really think any college you go to, you can, you can look to find that kind of community, and that can be a great way to get involved in this type of thing if you choose to do so. Absolutely. And that's that's brilliant that you've really uh, taken a step forward and um, put your own foot down as an activist for what you believe in. And so, you know, I just I have a question about um, the impact that youths have, because I know a, a lot of people in the status quo um, think that youths don't have as much of a voice, that it's maybe the older generations that are uh, rooted in, or they have they have more of an impact on policymaking and legislation. You know, what's your opinion on that? Do you think that um, college students like yourself uh, are have an impact within the policymaking process, or do you think it's, it's more, you know, engineered towards uh, older generations? Hmm. Well, I, I mean, I think the younger demographic, the millennial demographic, is becoming increasingly more important, um, politically speaking, right? I think for a long time we were ignored, and to some extent we continue to be ignored in, in certain ways. But I think if you look at some of the movements that have really taken hold and that promise to shape politics to come, you know, for example, kind of the surge of progressivism brought about by Bernie Sanders and a lot of his young supporters, I think you start to find that youth voices are here and they're here to stay. And it's about time we start to listen to them. Absolutely. And, you know, this past summer, I was involved in a program called Resistance Summer. It's part of moveon.org and, you know, a a political group, um, um, advocacy group. And we were looking at the healthcare sort of debacle that happened. Um, and, you know, we went canvassing door to door, we held and organized community conversations. And a lot of my fellow activists in this program were people of my age. Um, so I think it's really important that we listen to the youth because they're here to stay. And, you know, a lot of my young friends, too, are volunteering for political campaigns. Um, they're really taking an interest in, in helping to shape some of these policies. So I think it would be unwise of us to, to believe any longer that um, young people are not actively involved in, in this lawmaking process. Yeah, and so Brigitte and I were talking a little in the last segment about, um, we were saying like it's sort of like a trickle-down kind of thing where, you know, mm-hmm. as millennials and young people get more involved in politics then, the new ideas that, you know, we're all bringing to the table, they get adopted by a lot of the older generation. And it's nice to kind of see how, you know, we kind of can make a difference and we can get people talking about these issues because what we're saying does trickle down to the general population then. So do you think you've noticed any maybe incidents like that or? Well, I think that's a really interesting idea to consider in, in general. And you know how sometimes what the young person says isn't seriously considered in the beginning or it's sort of dismissed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually it starts to take hold. 
I think the most important thing in this regard is for young people to stick together and to understand that there's power in numbers, right? And when we show up to the polls in large numbers, I mean, we are a force and that can be a force for good. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think the more that we can mobilize youth towards these ends, the better off we're going to be because we really need that show and that support of numbers. Absolutely. I definitely agree with you there. I think uh, in order to have an impactful voice, we definitely need that collective gathering and that, that power that you speak of. And so just to change directions uh, really mm-hmm. quickly here, um, I wanted to know, Hedda, if there are any any specific issues that are maybe uh, on a more global scale that are dear to your heart, maybe something uh, environment or mm-hmm. something of the sort, anything like that? Yeah, well, I'm certainly interested in a career in healthcare, and for the past two summers, I've been doing work with regards to HIV, and I kind of examined two sides of the same coin. I did HIV from a public health aspect, work in that regard, and I also did HIV research in a laboratory, and that was really awesome to, like I said, examine this disease from both perspectives, right, from both angles. Um, Because I think as a physician, which is, you know, what I hope to be in the future, it's really important to keep in mind that no matter how many medical advances and discoveries we we produce in the laboratory, we have to find a way to effectively get these out to the general population and provide it to them in in consumable forms. So I think um, HIV is something I'm very interested in um, and that's, you know, both in the U.S. domestically and globally. And one reason I'm really interested in activism around this condition is because I think you'd be hard pressed to find a disease more mired in socializing stigma than HIV, particularly Mm. if you read about the history of HIV in the 1980s and the early 1990s. I mean, the way that people with the, with the disease were stigmatized and continue to be in, in certain ways has, I think really hindered public health efforts, um, to bring, to bring the numbers under control and I think it's it's just been really hurtful to see medicine um, and and public health sort of take that have to take that course right where we have to counter all this stigma because people are misinformed about this condition. Um, so I think we still need activism in that area. We need continued education in that area. That's one of the ways that I was involved um, in doing HIV behavioral um, and educational intervention programs. Um, Because certainly our knowledge about the disease has advanced. We know more about it and we have um, newer and better treatments as well and and prevention efforts. Uh, So continuing to spread the word about that and to provide people the full portfolio of their options is incredibly important. And unfortunately, in a lot of places, it isn't happening right now. I mean, just in the U.S., for example, your zip code essentially determines the type of health care you're able to receive, unfortunately, and also the type of healthcare information. So to make sure we can get that information out there, you know, in the U.S. and certainly globally as well, um, that's definitely one area I'm quite passionate about, and I can hope to continue to do more work in. Good to hear. Um, and then, so you and I, kind of growing up in California Central Valley, you know, very agriculture. So a lot of the issues revolved around that. So you have GMOs, you have pesticides, you have irrigation problems. Um, water scarcity, all that. And so those are some kinds of issues that, you know, were kind of pushed down our throat just because we have to 
be in the know-how about these issue, issues just because they affect us so much. So now, uh, living in Boston, have you seen anything kind of like that, where there are these pressing issues that really affect your region? And then so, you know, people really do need to sit up and pay attention just because this is going to affect them? Mm, that's really interesting. You know, the the really awesome thing about Boston is that it is, I think, quite a college town. I mean, there's so many colleges and universities in that area. And I can just say, you know, this is anecdotally, this is not a statistical um, example, but anecdotally, I've heard a lot of conversations about student loan debt um, mm. and mm. how that needs to be addressed. And, and that's not getting addressed and that's scarcely getting covered by the mainstream media. Um, so I think you, you bring up an excellent point, Joven, that the region um, you're from or that you grow up in or that you live in really shapes perhaps the types of issues you you kind of mobilize around. And so being in college, I would say that student loan debt is one thing, you know, particularly for students who go to universities that maybe don't offer generous financial aid packages. That's a concern that needs to be addressed, I think, sooner rather than later by the politicians in office. Absolutely. And um, from, from a I, I was a junior last year and I would see kids getting into these schools and they wouldn't be able to afford it because they mm. didn't have the financial means. And so I definitely think that is one strong cause that needs to be looked at more and that maybe us young activists need to really gather around uh, because it is going to affect all of our futures. Uh, well, thank you so much, Hannah, for such a fantastic segment. Uh, it was brilliant to have you on and I uh, loved hearing about your work uh, with HIV and uh, I'm sure it will absolutely uh, be very monumental to the shaping of our world. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time. Audience, during the break, be sure to check out our 501c3 literacy and positive media charity at bethestarur.org. More information is under events at our website at btsya.org. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Jovan Hundle. Also visit www.expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. And stay on because when we come back, we'll be continuing our conversation on the gift of activism. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. 
I'm Brigitte Gia. Our program is Express Yourself, and today's hour is all about the gift of activism. And I'm Jovan Hundle. Closing our broadcast today is Express Yourself reporter Caitlin Sim with her Ode to Literature. Hi, Caitlin. Uh, hi, all. This is Caitlin with my segment Ode to Literature. Uh, today, I'll be talking about the role of activism in books and how people use them as a platform to bring their ideas about uh, social or political change um, to light. So picture this. Imagine you're a woman in late 19th century America. It's tough, but you know your role in the world. Be seen but not heard, get married, and become a mother in order to fulfill the standards set in place by the Republican motherhood or the idea that a woman's purpose was to educate their sons to become um, important political figures. That's the way it was, and that's pretty much the way it always has been, and you never really saw a way out. But then you start hearing these rumors about this woman, rumors that start challenging all of these norms that you've known all your life. This woman is Kate Chopin, the anomaly. You heard that she was raised without men in her life, as all matriarchal figures were single, and that even after marriage, she did unspeakable things, like going to town on her own. The horrors! She even wrote this book called The Awakening, which follows a woman named Edna Pontlier and her journey from a traditional domestic wife to a rebellious woman who isn't tied down to anything, not even her husband or her kids. You're speechless in shock and you don't even know what to think about this. This was the reaction of most critics at the time to Chopin's bold and daring novella The Awakening. At that time, it was pretty common knowledge that women were the legal, or thought, not knowledge, uh, that women were the legal property of men and that everything they owned was pretty much the man's. But the character Edna Pontlier defied all these ideas and Chopin made her uh, become a woman who did what she pleased without regards for social conduct in her affair with this man named Robert Lebrun. Uh, at the time, The Awakening was ill-received by most critics and was considered more wild than her other, like, more tame writing. So, The Awakening was written around a time that the women's suffrage movement was slowly rising to the top. Only a couple decades later would the 19th Amendment be passed or when women gained the right to vote. Books like The Awakening and people like Chopin really spurred these new sentiments that led to the definition of women's roles today. So... I read The Awakening in my AP literature class, and I thought it was one of the more interesting books that I've read this semester. Some of the things Edna does would be considered pretty normal today, but it shows how far our society has come in thinking about the role of woman. Um, as someone who's personally invested in seeing girls empowered in fields like STEM and technology, I think it's inspiring how we can create change and open minds through books. And I'm excited to see the change we can make in um, the years to come from these like new books to radio programs like this one and uh, everything in between. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's, there's 
works like the awakening that are just so monumental that they really revolutionize people's thoughts about mm-hmm. something and i think one example that i actually thought of as you were speaking about uh, kate chopin and her work uh was rachel carson's silent spring mm-hmm. which was also sort of this monumental work that really showed people what was happening um behind their use of ddt to kind of kill mosquitoes <laughs> as a pesticide um that was really damaging the environment around them. And then I think one more I, I would have to say would be Uncle Tom's Cabin, right? Harriet Beecher Stowe that really just opened people's eyes uh, about an issue that they were facing. Um, and I think uh, tying into kind of the really uh, new wave of feminism that's happening right now, uh, we have the, the Me Too movement that's going on in the status mm-hmm. quo. And that, I think, is, you know, ties in with this new idea of, uh, you know, female empowerment and women really speaking up about the issues that they see that they're facing themselves uh, and that are prevalent within today's society. And so... Um, it seems that the awakening had a really wide impact on changing people's perspectives on the role of woman. And, you know, as we both know, there have been, again, many books throughout history that have had similarly broad effects. Um, and, you know, we've just listed, <laughs> I've just kind of listed um, <laughs> a bunch here. But, you know, besides the fact that these books, you know, came out and, made this big outcry in society. What do you think that these books have in common with one another? Um, I think that mainly, like, um, what they have in common is, like, this intricate sort of weaving of, like, a grouping plot that keeps the reader's attention, but at the same time also having these more, like, subliminal messages underneath, or I guess uh, not, like, subliminal, but, like, messages that aren't incredibly obvious just like looking at the cover um and I feel like like with this technique authors can slip in maybe a few of like their political ideologies like um how you mentioned before with like Uncle Tob's Cabin and uh, Silent Spring for sure so uh basically readers like they come for the plot but they also get exposed to issues that uh relate to like the real world in a sort of sense yeah and so you know this kind of brings up a whole new discussion then on books that have messages or themes that are really, you know, outside the current status quo. So obviously with um, The Awakening, you know, it sounds like uh, Brigitte was saying a revolutionary book then that uh, while it wasn't talking about anything that was currently present in the status quo, it was all about progression and how we should progress as a society and maybe some Mm -hmm. new ideals that we need to adopt. But then it also, um, we should talk about books that, have other, you know, controversial or hateful messages then, you know, whether it's uh, Hitler and Mein Kampf <laughs> or, um, or just even other banned books like, you know, Fahrenheit 451 or just something like To Kill a Mockingbird. So how do you think these sorts of books should be handled if they just have um, very controversial messages, whether they're hateful or whether they're more ge- geared towards progression? Um. You know, I think that's a really, like, a bit of a tricky subject, especially in America, because um, we have, like, the First Amendment, and if we go by that strictly, then technically we can't limit those, like, really hateful books with, like, those uh, controversial themes um, underlying them. But I think, in my personal opinion, I think that we should 
limit those types of books that promote like hateful messages because they could um, potentially influence other people to hurt um, others. And I think that uh, one example of this that we can see is um, young children because they're especially vulnerable because um, they're the most impressionable. So while I feel that it is important to allow people to have like this um, creative freedom, we should also censor writings that might lead to people um, getting hurt or ones that might disrespect other cultures or like other people. Definitely. I think uh, adding on to that, maybe, as you said, yeah, with withhold this a bit from kids who have maybe not developed uh, a strong enough lens through which they should see the world and wait until they de- they've developed that kind of um, foundation for viewing these books through a more, uh, you know, a different nature than they would otherwise. Um, I, I know sometimes books also have um, the words or maybe their, their initial messages or their main themes are not completely offensive and so um, but they're kind of controversial because of the language that's used or um, because of certain side character portrayals that they have and I think one example I can think of right now off the top of my head is uh, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn where Mm -hmm. that's you know that's been pretty controversial um, recently and you know in the past (laughs) as well um, (laughs) where you have this portrayal of the, the character Jim um, as a certain stereotype and then you have the use of certain language that's not acceptable in today's society and so there there begs this question um, as we we've been discussing of like where this sort of work should go um, should we look at it at all or should we expose people to it um, and I think Definitely. I think we do need to be careful with what we, what sort of work we show uh, young children, maybe more mm-hmm. impressionable uh, youths. <laughs> and so, um, Caitlin, with a bit of time remaining, I just wanted to ask, you know, what does activism really mean to you as a person? Does it have, does it play a big role in your life? Um, I think that for me, um, personally, the definition of activism is to stand up for like what you really believe is right. So I think of, um, we mentioned this a lot, but I think of To Kill a Mockingbird, particularly uh, Atticus Finch in the Civil Rights Movement. Even though like his entire world of Maycomb was against him defending uh, an African-American man, Atticus still really fought for what he believed was morally just. And for me, that seems to be um, the definition of activism. And I think it just comes down to the same principles that uh, Atticus fought for. Like when you see a person being mistreated unjustly or unfairly, you really um, stick up for them. And it's something that I hope that I can do in the future, whether I choose to work in a STEM field or a humanities uh, related field. And um, I think that literature plays a really big role in helping us connect to other people, feeling um, more empathetic towards them and knowing when we should stand up for others. And I think that's what activism really means to me. And, you know, I think you bring up a really good point there that, you know, because when we think of activism, we might think of just like the protester, like uh, holding up signs and all this. But activism really is just kind of using your own strengths then to stand up for what Mm -hmm. you believe in. So with Atticus Finch, you know, he's using the law 
to stand up for what he believes in then. And so thank you so much, Caitlin, for such an enlightening discussion. We loved hearing your views on activism. However, it is sadly time to say farewell. We give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, A-Rod. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Jovan Hundle. And I'm Brigitte Gia. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For information on our creative community, go to expressyourselfteenradio.com and our main site at bethestarur.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be an activist, and be here. Speak up. Speak out and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself.